0: Welcome to Kill You with Truth, the Friday edition. Hey, there's our guy, Nate Jackson, our guy. Hey, real quick plug for our buddy Rob, robatdesk.com. You need some digital help? At social media, content writing, podcast, it's Rob at Rob at desk.com. Click on contact to connect. Chad, it's great to see you. But I want to direct our attention to our guy nate jackson for a second now we all well uh, let me get to you we (laughs) are going to be doing a live watch along at a brand new studio with special guests for the broncos and the bills and that's going to be a hoot i just got to do a check are we all going to be there nate are you going to be there i'll be there man
1: chad you're going to be there Yes, I will be there. Hi, everyone.
0: And uh, our, our, our guy, uh, Vic Lombardi, will be there. And we may have more special guests. It's a, a brand-new facility. It's really cool. So we're, we're going after it again for the watch-along. So we haven't done this. I've done one with Nate. I've done one with Chad, Vic. It's getting the whole band together. That's happening on Monday. I'm very excited. But, Chad, our guy, Nate was popping up over the internet all over the place That's yesterday awesome. oh yes. my god and what? it was it was all about um d- defectors at the website nate i believe it is oh yeah yep yep okay and it got picked up by a bunch of people all about your josh mcdaniel stories so were you getting any feedback yesterday from that it was uh <laughs> I mean, that was like a big
1: story all over the place.
2: Well, what, I'm, I'm sorry. Where did you see it? I mean, where where was it?
1: I it saw getting it. It was posted everywhere. I saw it yeah. on Twitter. I, I think I saw it on Instagram as well. I, I think, think I saw it. Posting your piece, like, like Bleacher Report was picking it yep. up, or yeah. I don't know.
0: It was like <laughs> it was all over. It was like ex Broncos player from you know to, to terrorizes. It had a cool picture of you, like scoring like a touchdown pass, and like go like like this yeah. is the end zone, like
2: ah yeah quick story that was my first touchdown ever and it didn't come till year five which is insane um uh, and, and it was and it was a one-yard touchdown and it was a little like um motion return motion thing to the pylon the night before that game my dad and my mom were in town and um and I showed him the play in the playbook I'm like if we get down to the goal line this is what we're gonna run because you know you always knew we had a package down there and I was on that play <laughs> And I'm like, all right, so if you see me go in motion, it's like a double motion thing. I'm going to be open right by the pylon. And sure enough, we get down to the one-yard line right in front of where my parents were sitting. And my uncle was there from Australia. And my aunt was there and everything. And I sc- caught a touchdown right in front of my parents. It was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, but, but back to Joshy boy. Yeah. Look, I did. I, I, I just I just laid it out there. I don't know if you guys read the piece. I uh, did, of course. Yes. I
1: guys,
2: yeah, so, so I just laid it out there. And the, and the one thing they got picked up on was the rumor. And I said it was a rumor that Peyton Hillis was shipped out because Josh McDaniels uh, thought his wife was attracted to Peyton. And uh, that's the little piece that really caught fire nationally. Uh, obviously, they did put more p- parts of the piece, but that was like the headline, and, and t- my Twitter page has been blowing up. Okay. Because of it. Although the, the article came out like a week and a half ago, you know what I mean? So, Oh,
0: um, okay. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, uh, okay, so um, stand by that. I mean, I feel like I should interview you here a little bit. Um, Want to clarify yeah. anything? Or, um,
2: yeah. Okay, so the way I heard the story is that Peyton didn't know that Josh's wife was Josh's wife. They were all at this, like, Christmas party or something together, and Peyton was flirting with her. And uh, Josh caught wind of that, and didn't like it his his little ego was was touched by that and so he shipped them out he's a talented young player and uh, a yeah, player and he was well liked in the locker room you know just one more kind of ego blow that resulted in Josh McDaniel shipping out a young talented offensive player that's what he did with these offensive guys that he felt intimidated or insecure because of. so yeah uh, i stand by what i heard and i don't think it was a lie and there was more things I heard about Josh that I couldn't put in that piece because it's just too mean or unsubstantiated and, and that kind of stuff. So no, there, there's no end to his fuck ups. I could have written a more a,
0: a, a more lambasting piece, but I didn't. Wow, that's you holding back, Chad. That's Nate holding back with that story. I love it.
1: That's uh, you know he's trying to be a professional and, and uh, rise above kind of thing. I feel you, Nate. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Chad, I just want to mention your your new setup is pretty fantastic. But that's Except, what I said. Thank yeah, I got to get I got to get on board here.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll coach you up you know after the show okay. I'll send you some links when we'll get you coached up man <laughs> yeah.
0: I love it if, if, you're, if you're watching not listening just the way the microphone set up it looks like it's the world's largest microphone <laughs> it's, it's just like bizarrely disproportionate
1: yes it's that forced perspective like in the movies yes <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's fantastic alright well I love it but you know I got sent the article by somebody else about oh uh, former Broncos is this that and I click it and it's about Nate. I'm like, hey, I yes.
1: That's now, our I guy. heard all these stories. I heard Not all ever. these stories before from Nate there when we had our show. So I was familiar yeah. with the Josh McDaniels uh, pushback. I'll put it lightly that Nate has deep in his heart.
2: It's new shit. It is, you know. If you don't want people to tell those stories, don't do that stupid shit, Josh. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, it happened. Uh, and 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 look, I'm speaking for every single former player he coached that fucking hates his ass. Cool. <laughs> I'll be the guy because I know how to write. I'm a writer. That's what I do. And so when this stuff happens, I have to dust off the uh, the old keyboard and let him have it. I thought you were going to say the quill, like the ink quill. <laughs> I got I to gotta dust off the. Well, video. I'm actually, ironically, this phone is
0: sitting on an old school typewriter. There you go. There you go. Got your little underwood nice. or something like that. Look at that. Ooh. Beautiful. Clickety, 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 clack. Shink, <laughs> shink josh shoot, is a, j- i hate josh yeah. all right well um really fun to see that and of course nate is a brilliant writer and i'm laughing reading the piece and um so there you go that's our guy on our little podcast our guy nate jackson who we love oh, um, yeah. is fantastic okay let's get into some topics of the day greg dulcich might have a lingering issue you're gonna love this boy this is right up Nate Jackson's alley too because Nate really was a wide receiver who had to do certain things put on weight and um, all sorts of stuff to be a tight end to play in the NFL Chad so when I read that his gait and his weight may be an issue For Greg Dulcich, I I really did think of you, Nate, because if if folks don't know and you haven't read Nate's book, which you definitely should, all of that pounding and weight putting on and everything really had a terrible impact on you later in your career because your body just couldn't sustain everything that was going on in terms of some vicious injuries. So when you hear this news, and I'll start with you, Nate, and go to Chad, but when you hear this news about Dulcich, I bet you think about your own situation, about what you had to do to be in the NFL.
2: Yeah, man, when I put on weight to be a tight end, uh, it, I put it on pretty fast, um, and then you know, training camp came around, and I still knew how to run like I was 215, 200, 220 pounds, but now I was 240, 245 pounds. And in the training camp of that first year as a tight end, I was running a crossing route, Ian Gold pulled on my jersey, I felt something go ding up oh. high uh, uh, on my hamstring, and it ended up bothering me all season long. They couldn't get to it, They couldn't. they couldn't massage it out, no amount of treatment would help it. I was a shadow of myself that year. I ended up not, you know, I was only suited up for like three or four games that season. And it wasn't until three or four years later, when I tore the opposite um, uh, groin, that they looked on the MRI, they were able to see that hamstring had had tearing up at the attachment that they never even found, because they never MRI'd it, and they never even really got to it. That thing can linger for a long, 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 long time. You're trying to get faster, you're bigger, you put on more muscle, you know. You're 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 watching yourself on film every day trying to run faster routes, trying to run more technical routes, trying to change your gait to come in and out of your brakes faster. And so it puts a lot of strain on your body. And sometimes those things can linger for a whole for, for a lot longer than you would think a typical hamstring might.
1: Yeah, for Greg Dulcich, it's it's a it's a tough situation. Um, and I mean this as kindly as possible. Football ain't for everybody. Not everybody is 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 capable of doing this. whatever the particular demands of your position may be. Uh, You know, for Nate's body, being 245 pounds was more than his body could sustainably carry. Um, Maybe the same thing for Greg Dulcich. He's always going to end up being a bit of a tweener between wide receiver and tight end, never really have the effective size to be a, a full-time tight end, which means you've also got to deal with the Von Millers and the Chad Browns of the world and still be able to run pass routes. So uh, maybe the secret for him is not to try to continue to be a tight end. It's to drop 15 or 20 pounds and really become a, a an extra wide receiver. Um, maybe that's the solution there because clearly his availability is constantly in doubt and in question and affected by these long-term hamstring issues. Say this really got quick.
2: It. So yeah. I got up to 245 that first year, and I realized this is too much for me. I ended up dropping down to about 235 and playing my, you know, last couple years at 235, and that was okay for me. I didn't have to be a big tight end because even 245 wasn't a big tight end. Right. 235, right. 235 was the sweet spot for me, and I was able to be an effective blocker. I was able to do all the special team stuff, and my hamstring, you know, stopped bothering me to the extent that it was before, and I was able to kind of feel more like myself. So maybe for Greg Dulcich. He can still lose the weight. He just has to become a more technical blocker. It's not mm. going to be about him being strong and, you know, beating anybody up. Yeah. Exactly. You just you just have to be a smart, savvy technical blocker. Hit them first with some good pad level and you can get the job done. They're never going to ask him to be, you know, the man-hurts type of dude. Right. And so so there is a role for him as a tight end and he can still lose 10 pounds and do it in my opinion.
0: So you could get away with just chipping guys rather than blowing them off the no, line no you don't
2: chip no you still gotta hit them Dmac. you still gotta put your body on him and hit him as hard as you fucking can i'm just saying you're not gonna be you know the guy on your team who's like the road grading blocker you
1: still have to hit
2: them again Mac. you don't just wow. chip
1: all right, i all love right. it i love it we right, insulted, yeah. yeah wow yeah, when, when Nate yeah. calls you Dmac, uh yeah. there is Damn. a bit of an insult coming well, after that right. what do you know right. Oh no apparently nothing you said about football stuff i got that part of it shipping <laughs> no
0: I, I i clearly insulted i clearly insulted you i i get it i i, no. I, I get it i understand i clearly okay, made no, an it, insult no there chipping. Yeah, just putting your shoulder on somebody as they come through, just sort of grazing them, just, you know. Like, to help someone next to you. Yeah, because you're too light. You're not a real tight end. You're kind of a wimp. You're like a wimpy guy out there. (laughs) I know know what I'm saying. I know exactly what I'm saying. I insulted you. I get it. I I, I think it's so funny in the tight end world. It's like this – I I laugh at it because I I don't – I'm not a football guy, obviously. And to me, the whole tight end thing is ridiculous because – (laughs) Not not that not that not the position. I think it's the biggest mismatch on the field. And I think sometimes guys are asked to block and do things that really their mismatch is them against a linebacker, which if you get a linebacker in open space, you're gonna dominate him. I think the tight end is like one of the cooler positions in the nfl i i have just been you know it's been hammered into my head for like 20 years nate about how important you got to block to a lot of these guys who don't really block or can't block but they can do all these crazy other things that nobody in the field can do so it's a compliment believe it or not well
2: i mean it's a compliment in your mind but you're not understanding (laughs) the dynamics all right football I'm just, let, me just, let me just break it down. To create those mismatches that you're talking about, you also have to run block. You have to set that up. Why does Kyle Pitts, Why has Kyle Pitts struggled to be the guy that everyone thought he was going to be? Because he can't do the other stuff. You have to master the, the whole umbrella. And if you do that, then you can create those mismatches.
0: That's- I, I know exactly where I, my bias comes from. Because I watched Julius Thomas catch 24 touchdowns in two years from Peyton Manning. And I was like, "Why does that dude ever need to block anybody ever again?" And I'm watching Travis Kelsey, who I know can block, but he is such a dangerous mismatch as a receiver. Do what he's doing. That—that's all. Listen, I get it. The, the Broncos have Chris Manhurts just run into people. You know, uh, the the great thing about Dulcich to me was his speed. I think we're all saying kind of the same things. He probably should lose a little bit of weight, play at a lighter weight. You're right, technique wise, improve add a different weight and bring his speed back. And if not, he's going to have these hamstring injuries, Chad, forever. Seriously, it's it's Absolutely. going to push him right out of the NFL.
1: Yeah, you're, again, your availability is, is your most important ability. So whether you are a great in-line blocker, which, you know, Greg Dulcich is probably never going to be, could he get his technique up? Could he be possible where he could be a, at least effective in some way? Certainly. But to be great, I don't think it's within his skill set. But he can be a great receiver. But the first part of that is going to be a, be available for your team. You can be as great of a receiver as you can possibly be. But if you're only up for 6 out of 17 games, you're not going to be able to help the team. If you can be healthy for 15 of the 17 games and you're a decent blocker and an 8 out of 10 receiver instead of being a 9 out of 10 receiver, now you can actually contribute to the team. So Greg Dulcich has got to find that sweet spot for him, which allows him to be available, yet do most of the demands of that position. But the availability's got to be first.
0: I just know at a dinner party, if I bring up special teams and blocking tight ends to Nate Jackson, uh, there's going to be fire. Uh, I, know, I, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, stuff. that would be yeah. like me talking about how easy it is to like,
2: I don't know. Ride your bike to to the top of Pike's Peak or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, like,
0: well, there's a lot of nuance to that. You know, there's things you have to worry
2: about and think about. Like, okay, you know, and I don't.
1: So I would defer
2: to you
0: if you were talking about, you know, 10 speeds. Fair enough. All right. Well, let me uh, defer to you guys on this topic. Deion Sanders, uh, they got a game at noon. It's not late at night. That's great. Against Arizona. He says that uh, fighting players fighting each other at practice is a great thing. Sanders says he keeps track of who won each fight and their fight record. Quote, I always want to know who won because I keep records. I don't break them up. Some coaches break them up. I don't. We've had a great week of practice. We had a couple fights, which I like. It's a great thing. Chad, this sounds insane. You keep a fight record of who won and who lost? Really? (laughs)
1: Chad, it's it's more insane the the more times I've heard. it, I I heard it for the first time yesterday, and I'm still just shocked that he let those words come out of his mouth. Even if he believed it, even (laughs) if he actually thought there was some benefit to this, the fact that you let these words come out of your mouth in a public press conference as a division one football coach, Come on, Prime. Come on, man. The offensive line stuff a couple weeks ago was bad enough. Now you just, you're just you asking for trouble here. Now you're running, what, like an outlaw program? You don't break up fights. What are we doing? Are you trying to achieve good football practice and good football technique? This is not... Ah, it's 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 difficult for me to express in words how absurd <laughs> this is. The Buffs aren't losing because they don't have enough fight within them. The Buffs are losing because they don't play good technique, because they don't have a strong plan offensively and defensively. That's why they're losing. So to somehow think that letting kids fight to the death is a part <laughs> of becoming a football player, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. N- Nate's?
2: Insane, man. Every every, you know, top level successful coach I've ever listened to or been around discourages fighting, hates it. Now, there's a little bit of it in training camp where, oh, you like you like that they're feisty because, you know, they're getting tired and they want to hit somebody else. You hear that this is in the middle of the season. If you're encouraging fighting in the middle of your season when you're trying to it just the more I'm hearing of Dion, the more I'm seeing him making on field decisions. I'm I'm concerned that he's actually not cut out for being a head coach of a high-level football team. I, I, I really do. I'm starting to think that, and it's unfortunate for these kids uh, because I don't want to send my kid to a school where it's fighting is encouraged and the head coach is saying, I'm going to let you guys fight and see how tough you really are. I don't want anybody to break it up. I think it's nonsense, and I think that maybe someone needs to talk to him about that. Maybe, you know, um, Rick George or somebody there needs to say, hey, man, that's not a good look. At all, like zero.
0: Yeah, like listen, you can recruit lower level kids to come play football, guys, at CU. I mean, it's an amazing campus and, and place and, and whatever. So it's not like you're ever going to have a problem recruiting certain kids. And, you know, okay. But you've got to let me check this chat. You've got to recruit the five star kids, high level four star kids, if you want to really compete, right? I mean, <laughs> why would a parent of a five star linebacker? Well, maybe they hey, we're going to send you to Fight Club up in Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they could go to Michigan. Now, oh, that's a fun place these days. Or Ohio State or Florida or, or Clemson or USC, you know, where you're also going to win and not have to be in Fight Club.
1: Well, yeah. this, is, this is the issue because now it's – Dion's comments are beginning to chip away at his possible prowess as a recruiter. If you're going to play offensive line, is Dion going to throw me under the bus as he did the offensive line a couple of weeks ago? Um, Is my coach, if if your coach is Sean Lewis, who was the play caller a couple of weeks ago, is he going to be demoted in the middle of the season? And then the coach doesn't want to talk about it at the next press conference as if – that's old news, and I don't deal with that kind of stuff. These press conference press conference performances by Dion the last couple of weeks have left a lot to be desired. Whether you are an alumni like myself, whether you are one of those kids in the locker room, or to your point, you you guy being recruited by Dion, because yes, Nick Saban is not going to have Fight Club, Ryan Day at Ohio <laughs> State is not going to have Fight Club, Lincoln Riley at USC is not going to be holding MMA tryouts during practice. So this kind of stuff is. ridiculous. Ridiculous when you compare it to the other blue bloods in college football who are going to be recruiting these exact same kids. He's huh. put himself in a tough spot here, and he's actually hurting his own chances for success with these kind of comments.
0: And Nate, is there I'll any chance? That, me, is he, let, is let he making this it, up maybe, Nate, somehow? Go ahead. go ahead. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry. I go mean, ahead. He's not dealing well with losing.
2: He's yeah, losing yeah. and he's
0: unraveling. Look, fighting... Right
2: fighting in a game will lose the game for you that's how you lose a game you get a penalty you lose it because you lost your cool he's encouraging that at practice it's going to happen in the games it's going to continue to unravel for him and he he forgot the first rule of fight club (laughs) we don't talk about fight club
0: and on that note because you guys just can't top reviewing the rules of fight club um We will be uh, all together on Monday. Well, we'll be doing this Monday, you know, regular time that we always do, which is awesome and then Monday night we'll be doing a live watch along for the Bills and the Broncos on uh, a variety of channels that we're putting together and there's some really cool stuff that's developing uh, because Nate you're going to have your own channel Chad you're going to have your own channel and I I love to think that we're going to do what we're doing and diversify even more for more great content Um, because being with you guys is absolutely fantastic day in and day out and uh, you just never know what you're going to get but um, but there you go Kill Don't
2: truth. talk shit about tight ends, man. Don't uh, do it. I gotcha. Because right. they will
1: then kill you with All some right, tight yeah. end truth, D-Mac. You will get That's killed right. with tight end truth. That's right. <laughs> Have a great weekend. Love you guys. Later.